You're listening to Art and Magic, and I'm your host, Devin Walls. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. So if you're finding yourself here today, this is the second episode in a three-part series we're doing right now all about artwork development. So the first episode came out last week, but you don't necessarily have to listen to them in order. If you're starting here, that's just fine. Make sure you just go back and check out last week's when you're done. Today, we're going to be talking about the five common things that I've experienced myself and that I've seen in students that tend to block our voice. And voice is really important as we're trying to find our style. You know, our personal style is so interlinked with our truth and what's important to us and our ability to express that. So if we have these things running in the background, that's going to be really hard to identify and bring forward. So that's just a a little intro to what we're going to be talking about. But before I get into the meat of the episode, I do have a couple announcements. Okay, so first and foremost, my style development workshop series called Unique is open for enrollment as of today. So this is a five-part workshop series that, yes, is a style development workshop series, but as I said in the last episode, I really could have called it an artwork development workshop series. And that's because my approach to developing your style is really developing your work as a whole. As I've said many times before, I think in order to find a style that's very substantial and truthful to us, we really have to dig deeper than just how it looks. And so that's much of the work that we do in this workshop series. I take you through the exercises, you get support in smaller groups from myself and from your peers. And we also talk a lot about developing your own language and how to actually take your ideas and translate them visually. So it's a very meaty and also fun workshop series. It's kind of my favorite thing to teach. So if you're interested in that, you can get all the details in the show notes. Okay, second thing is that everything I'm going to be talking about in this episode today is summed up really nicely in an email series that I put together a couple years ago. Um, You can sign up for it. It's free. You basically get one email a day that talks about each of the blocks I'm going to be talking about. But the nice thing is if you sign up for that, you get all of the reflection questions that I am going to mention in this episode. But you'll get to have them in writing. So you don't have to like frantically write down the things I'm saying. So if you want to reflect on what I talk about here, I recommend signing up for that. The link for that is also in the show notes. Okay, without further ado, let's get into it. So as you're listening to these five things, I really want you to just become aware of what's standing out to you. Like I said in the intro, these things tend to run in the background beneath the surface. They often just kind of manifest in us feeling a certain way. And I'm going to talk more about that. But for example, feeling perfectionistic um, or feeling frustrated or like we're hitting a wall, but we don't really know why. And so the whole purpose of digging into them is just for us to have more of an understanding of what might be going on. And once we have that understanding, we can know, A, we are absolutely not alone. The reason I'm talking about them here is because they're very common. And B, I think that when we identify something, it kind of takes its power away. This is actually something I talk a lot about in my workshop when it comes to 
being overly influenced or maybe having some elements in our work that we might have copied from somebody else, we tend to kind of want to look the other way. We want to just be like, no, 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 we made it our own enough. Like, I don't really want to bring it out into the light and make a list of exactly the things that I've copied because it's going to be overwhelming and scary. But the truth is, is those overwhelming and scary feelings are already running the show just from the background. They have a lot more power when we don't just name them and bring them to the forefront. And so I think there's some good news about this. I actually don't think that there's a whole lot of work that needs to be done other than just becoming aware of these blocks. I get asked that a lot when I work with people too. It's like, okay, I have this thing. How do I get rid of it? And like, yes, there's totally things that can be done in therapy, which is beyond the scope of this podcast. But I think the main thing we can do is just know that it's there so we can see it when it comes up. We can kind of get to know ourselves and how we're operating when it comes to art and process, and then just move on from there. Okay, all that being said, let's get into block number one. Block number one is all the shoulds. Man oh man is the art world and making art in general full of shoulds, which we all know is so ironic because art is supposed to be this place of like freedom and ultimate expression. And I guess, I don't know, now that I'm really thinking about it, it makes sense that a lot of people would want to impose a bunch of rules on top of that big scary thing. And, you know, whatever about why that is. But the truth is, we feel that. We feel the shoulds. I think you can tell that you're struggling from a case of the shoulds if when you're making your art or when you're looking at your art, you're asking if it's too fill in the blank here. Is it too girly, too childish, too boring, too risky, too messy, too minimal, whatever? And here's what's so funny about the shoulds is we all hold totally different ones based on our peers, our background, what we like, what our parents liked, what our teachers liked, our culture, whatever. You know, I've had some students that are concerned that their work is too bright and happy because work should be dark, serious, substantial, um, almost a little bit gloomy. And then I've talked to other artists who might make work about a very serious subject matter, and they feel like art should be happy and joyful and draw people in and appealing. It's almost like no matter what you make, you can find a voice or an opinion out there that says it should be another way. And of course, no surprise, I think this is actually a little bit worsened by social media. Social media can go both ways depending on your relationship to it. I think it can be very permission giving and I think it can also give you a lot of shoulds of what we see being successful. If we see something being successful, we often think like our work should be more like that. So the thing is, it's very hard to hear your own voice and what you care about and what your genuine work would be when you are trying to make something that appeases all of the shoulds floating around in your head. I think a sneaky version of this is if we find ourselves stopped up in our process because we're trying really hard to make something quote-unquote good. So if this is resonating with you, here's what I want you to do. Think about all the shoulds that you have floating around, list them out. The funny thing is you'll probably have some that are totally contradictory to each other. And just go on a little inquiry about where they came from. Are they from social media? Are they from art school? Are they from a parent? And that, I think, just airs them out a little bit. 
And then the next thing is defining what good art means to you. This is the cool thing about art. We're all going to have a very different idea of this. So once you've done some brainstorming about what good art is to you, maybe like make a little definition of it and put it above your studio wall or in a journal or wherever. And when the should start to come up, I want you to reference your definition of what makes art good. And if the shoulds are not in line with that, they go out the window. Um, and little like bonus here. I don't think the shoulds even just apply to what we actually make. I think they extend very far out into our process and how we approach our work, how we market our work, how we live as an artist, all of that. For example, a lot of people feel like they should know what a whole series is going to be about before they go to create it, or that they should have the concept or titles done first, or that they should or should not be on social media. So it's kind of like once you start playing the should game, um, it just, it, it, it gives you a little idea of, of how far this goes, I think, especially as an artist. Okay, block number two is self-worth worthiness, whatever you want to call it. And I I hesitate here because I hate to get like therapist-ish on this podcast because truthfully, I am not a therapist. But it's also really hard to talk about creative process and art making without incorporating a little bit of like psychological happenings. So if a lack of worth is at play here in terms of blocking you from your voice, here's some of the ways that it could be showing up. Perfectionism a resistance to getting started, constant self-criticism, second-guessing every move you make. This is a big one. Continuously looking outside of yourself for inspiration because you feel like everyone else's ideas are better than your own. Feeling tired and uninspired. And this last one is nuanced, but jumping from style to style and never feeling quite at home. So the thing with jumping from style to style is it's very hard to tell sometimes if you're in a genuine uh, phase of exploration and experimentation, with is, which is healthy and good for your practice, or if you're just jumping around and abandoning all your ideas because you feel like nothing is ever good enough. And that is something you will really have to discern for yourself. So I think a lot of those things I listed may or may not have been more on the obvious side, but here's something a little less obvious. When I see people who really just like want so badly to find something that's true to them, but but can't, I sometimes see that it's because they're disconnected from their truth because they've kind of divorced themselves from it for so long. And often we divorce ourselves from our truths when we have cultivated reasons to do so, meaning we were punished, criticized, made fun of, um, our ideas were shut down, all of those like super fun formative things that can happen often cause us to shut down like what we would really want to create. And the experience of that can end up just feeling like very disconnected or unenthused about anything we make. You know, I've talked about this before, but a big part of landing on work that like has a lot of energy to it and feels really true to us is being connected to ourselves. Like the amount that we know ourselves and are intimate with our own loves and hates 
is kind of the amount that we're able to bring that to our work. So if we've got like a disassociation going on, that distance is going to be greater and finding something that feels good um, in our work is going to be harder. So I have two kind of remedies for this one. I mean, remedies is a strong word because I think that self-esteem and self-worth, like these are lifelong journeys, but I have a couple of things that I think can help this in the process. One is gaining positive reflections and confidence. And I'm really sorry to tell you this, but that's very hard to do in a vacuum. I think confidence often comes from showing up as ourselves in a group and seeing that other people see us, like all those warm and fuzzy things that happen (laughs) when we connect with our peers, help give us confidence and, and like really give us the backing to start believing in our own ideas. And this is why like almost half of the solutions I present on this podcast have to do with like joining an artist group or finding a community. So I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. There are options for this. (laughs) There are online crit clubs, classes, things you can join. You can start one yourself by like sending a DM to an artist friend and saying like, hey, would you want to like chat over Zoom or in person and talk about each other's work or just art stuff? And or little plug for the unique workshop. This is why I have a group feedback component to it where we meet twice just in smaller groups just to get reflections on our work in a very friendly and welcoming way because when it comes to style and finding our true voice like we have to have those reflections. I mean we don't have to but it's just way harder without them so that's the first thing especially if this block resonates with you. Okay the second thing is again along the lines of a therapy exercise but we're talking about self-worth here so we gotta Um, I have some questions you can ask yourself. The first one is, what do you feel afraid for other people to find out about you? Is it that you're not talented, that you didn't go to art school, that your ideas are horrible, that maybe you have like all this really dark stuff that wants to come out in your art, or this really happy, glitterly, fun, superficial stuff? Like, what would you feel mortified if was made public? Because if we have any of those things related to our work and then we're trying to make work that kind of like skates around those things, we're going to probably feel like we're hitting a block again and again. So at this stage, I would say just identifying that can help you out a lot. Later, if like maybe we were working together or, you know, you'd sat with it for a long time, I would encourage you to like own that thing, see maybe how you could even bring it into your art and make it part of what you do. But that's kind of like level two. Level one is just, let's become aware of what that thing is. And then, you know, a little follow up to that is where did that come from? Why are you afraid for people to find that, some bad out about you? Would something bad really happen? Um, Is it actually a bad thing? You know, because sometimes it is like, I mean, not to get too dark here, but like sometimes people really do have abusers out there where it would be dangerous for their like identity to get out there. And that's a real thing. And you should honor that. But like in a lot of cases, you know, somebody finding out that you didn't go to art school isn't actually the end of the world. It's just like an insecurity that you might harbor. So just like, yeah, kind of gaining some understanding about that. Is it a real danger? Is it not? Etc. Okay, block number three. I don't know why this is my favorite one. It's like weird to have a favorite block because like none of them are actually fun if you have them. But I mainly just think this one is like very interesting and more common than people realize. So number three is that you might be uncomfortable having authority. 
So what people don't realize is that when you are making something, you are saying, I think this is important to put out into the world. You're saying, like, I stand behind these choices. I made these artistic choices, and here they are. You know, being an artist means that you're in the driver's seat. You're not carrying out orders from somebody else. And P.S., this is actually why a lot of artists, I think, are more comfortable with, like, commissions and client work and freelance work because somebody else is giving them the assignment. It's a little bit less vulnerable. But when you're, like, artist with a capital A, you are the person in control. You know, making art essentially could be boiled down to preferences and choices. And even the tiniest choices, like choosing yellow over green, are still definitive choices. So if you are not entirely comfortable with that or something about that feels vulnerable to you, you might have a harder time. And I think this is an interesting area because For some people, this is what is so empowering about art, right? It's that empowerment. Like if you're somebody who's been out of control in your life, art is where you get to go be in control. I think that's what I've liked about it is it's like if everything is crumbling around me and late stage capitalism is going to swallow us whole and the burden of my family or whatever is too much to bear, what I can do is I can go choose pink. And like that feels really good to me. But for other people, that exact thing is extremely overwhelming, and rightfully so. I think that in a world of infinite possibilities, which is art, making a choice and saying something is overwhelming. And so here here are some ways that I've seen this show up for people, if you're wondering if this is you. Okay, this might be you if you second guess all of your creative choices all the time. If you feel like you never know what to work on or how to focus your energy, but if somebody else gives you a prompt or a task, you're good to go. You might be easily swept away by the latest trend or having a hard time moving forward with an idea without some sort of validation. Or you might just generally feel confused about what is actually you because everything and nothing feels like you all at once. So a couple things if you're dealing with this. For one, relying on your own authority is kind of like using a muscle. And if you've learned that the safest place in life for you is neutrality, for whatever reason, that muscle might be a little underworked. So it could just be as simple as that, like realizing that you're kind of uncomfortable with making choices and starting to practice making definitive choices or even just identifying and owning like some preferences Um, in small doable ways. I think another thing with people who have this is they're very afraid of getting it wrong, which, you know, that's a common theme throughout all these blocks is like different versions of perfectionism and being shot down and like art is a vulnerable thing. So (laughs) it all kind of stems back to that. But if that is you in particular, like you're afraid of getting it wrong, I invite you to just make art that feels wrong. Like just do something, make something ugly. Or you could even just play it out in your head like, okay, you make the wrong decision. You spend a long period of time on a subject matter that in the end doesn't end up being that fruitful. You don't like it that much and it doesn't sell, you know, whatever. What happens? You know, is it really going to be that bad? Like, could you get through that? And I think if we make peace with making the wrong decision, it allows us to just move forward a little bit. Okay, block number four. Fear of failure. 
This block, not unlike many of the others, loves to buddy up with perfectionism, stagnancy, procrastination, and resistance. All of our favorite friends in the creative process. So here's the thing. Making art, especially art that is honest, risky, and a little bit exciting, requires some innovation. And innovation will always have risk along with it, or it's really not that innovative. And when there is risk, there is a potential for failure. We are signing up for a potential for something to go horribly wrong every time we make something, and especially every time we like step out of our comfort zone a little bit with our style and ideas. And I feel like, especially, especially, especially in this conversation about artwork development, where, you know, if you're here, we're not talking about like how to get better at painting flowers. That's a fine thing to talk about. That's just not really this conversation. This conversation is how to make work that you feel proud of, that you feel like is your own, um, that you feel like is stronger than things you've made before, that has substance. And again, I don't think that that is achievable if there's no risk. So the good news is, I think with this one, awareness is more than half the battle. If you can see that you have a lot of resistance and perfectionism and you can realize, hey, I think I'm just like afraid to look bad. I'm afraid for this to be a total shit show. That might be enough for you to be like, okay, well, maybe it's going to be a total shit show. We just, we have to be okay with that. If that doesn't do the trick or you still feel really caught up, here's what you can ask yourself. What is it about failure that's really freaking you out? What are you feeling is really at stake here? And what is the worst that in your mind could happen? I think that becoming aware of the worst case scenario that's happening in our head and either becoming okay with that or realizing that it wouldn't be all that bad is is kind of a workaround for this. And then, you know, once you've answered those questions, I think you can start exploring your relationship to risk. You might be able to see like, oh, there are these ideas that I've had, but I'm not doing them because they just feel too risky. If you have anything like that, my best advice for you is to do them. (laughs) I can honestly say that when I've taken the biggest risks has been when I've reaped the biggest rewards. And I've had some total massive failures in there too, because that just, it comes with the territory. Um, But if you're listening to this, I'm thinking for you, ultimately, those rewards are going to be worth the fails. Okay, the fifth and final block is being disconnected from ourselves. Now, before you're like, wait, I'm so introspective. I'm an artist. (laughs) Just keep listening. It still very well might apply to you. So there is one version of this where you really might need to take more time getting to know what you are genuinely interested in, what you like and dislike, what your patterns in life are, the themes that you've had to deal with over and over. Like all of this stuff contributes to our work, whether we consciously make work about it or not. So that's level one is like understanding, intimate knowing. Etc. The second part to this is you might be somebody who does have really good knowledge of that stuff, and yet you are a bit disassociated from it. 
we often live in a constant whirlwind of life. I know I do. 1,010%. I live in a constant whirlwind of life. And when I spend too much time in the constant whirlwind of life, I get divorced from my inspiration, my true self, my little self that wants to make art in the first place. Like all of that, that gets stuffed really far down. And then in the whirlwind of life, I show up to my art practice and I'm like, huh, I have no ideas. <laughs> I don't know if I want to make this or that. Nothing feels good. Like this piece that I was really connected to, I'm not feeling it. And like, of course, a certain element of that is normal. But I think what happens is when we have no space for ourself, we become disconnected from that self. And then it's like very hard to find it when we go to make work. Um, to add super fun insult to injury, pretty much all of the blocks that I just named can contribute to a disconnect within ourselves as well. You know, comparing ourselves to other. The desire to appease and to please, which is related to the whole shoulds block. Hunting for validation, which is connected to the worthiness block. The inability to turn off distractions. Um, pushing towards like some sort of external goal. Being afraid to fail. All of this can really uh, sever our relationship to our genuine truth. That would make for really great work and would make for work that's very true to us. And so as you can clearly see, this is a block that like maybe some people struggle with more than others. Like I think especially if you're in that category where you might need to go on a little journey of like intimately getting to know yourself better. But at the same time, it can come up for us at any given point, like depending on what's going on in our lives. So for me, it's one that's actually needed constant care and attention. Okay, the good news is... <laughs> Has there been a good news for all of the blocks or just some of them? I can't remember. Uh, hopefully there's good news for all of them. But particularly for this one, I actually think coming back into connection with ourselves can be relatively simple, easy, and fun. And um, sometimes it's just as simple as like sitting down, doing a little bit of journaling and being like, oh yeah, okay, I like glitter. That's true to me. Or like, my work is about this. Or this is something I really care about right now. Like just that little moment of checking in can can kind of reignite that that inner connection. So here are some prompts that like you can actually use. Here they are. Right now, the thing I know to be true to myself is, or the thing I know to be true about myself. If I had to describe my inner self in four words right now, I would describe them as what in your life is pulling you away from that connection to yourself? And what are the things in your life that make you feel the most you? Even if you don't have time to do those things, sometimes for me, just remembering that I have those things is enough. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, dance class makes me feel good. Haven't had time to go in a while, but I will. And when I go, I'll feel better. So at least that option is in my future. Okay, so that is all of them. Those are the five blocks. To recap, they are all the shoulds, all the things you think should or should not be in your art or make good art, clouding your vision. Lack of self-worth, feeling like your ideas and your genuine self like is not good enough to be shown to others. Having an uncomfortability with your own authority, 
not having practiced making a lot of decisions or even having preferences. So that all feels a little bit overwhelming and maybe is leading you to feel scattered. A fear of failure and maybe needing to strengthen your relationship with taking risks. And lastly, being disconnected from yourself, whether that's from a lack of self-knowledge or just a sheer lack of space and time for the things that you genuinely like that make you feel like yourself. So I hope that like as I've gone through these, it's become really clear why if you have one or more of these running the show, I think we all have them happening in different ways all the time. Like that's very normal. (laughs) Um, But if you have one that's like really holding you up or a couple that are really holding you up, I think you can see why that would make it very hard to like make work that's true to you and develop your style. However, like I said at the beginning, I think a little awareness goes a hell of a long way. And I think even just by listening to this episode and giving this some thought, you've probably like made a lot of progress in that department. So I would personally love to hear which of these resonated with you or if like there's some nuanced version that resonates with you. I'm always obviously very interested in thinking about what allows us to make really great work or what holds us back from that. So please do send me a DM or comment on Instagram. We are at Art and Magic Podcast. And on that note, thank you for bearing with me through this episode today. I hope it was like more enlightening than it was painful. (laughs) And please do come back next week for the third and final episode of our artwork development series where we're going to tie all this up in a pretty little bow. Again, if you are in a place where you're really wanting to strengthen your work and hone an honest and substantial style, please do check out the Unique Workshop series. It These episodes are just like scratching the surface of that topic, but if you're wanting a container um, and a lot more information and knowledge to like go through doing the actual work of fleshing out your style, that is why I created that. Again, it's tons of fun. You're going to make other art friends. It's a welcoming environment. And if you are dealing with these blocks, being in a group like that and talking about this stuff is where you're going to get to derive a whole lot of confidence and positive reflection on your work. So link to that is in the show notes. Um, I believe you have like two weeks to sign up for it. The info is there. Um, If you would like to support the show, a great way you can do that is by leaving us a rating and a review. You can just scroll down, hit the five stars, and let everyone know why you think this is the best podcast there ever was and or just (laughs) something that you kind of like about it. It just, it helps us get the word out. Um, And also sharing the episodes you're listening to on Instagram and tagging us. Again, the handle is at Art and Magic Podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in and being here today. And until next time, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic.